that's what we've been talking about is, is, is having grit. And I, my heart desire for this whole thing with grit is to, you know, grit is courage and determination despite difficulties. It's, it's, it's keeping the faith under pressure in our lives. And I don't know if about you, but anybody have to deal with, like, digging deep in the grit this week? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's times that that happens. And, and the desire for this, and as we get down this road, we are going to talk about the characteristics. We were going to start that this week, but, man, just stirred up about, left and right, just, I kept talking to them, and I'm like, we got to do this one more time. We got to, there was too much to be said not to put the bell away yet. And so we're going to get into this part of it. And one more time with this, just not the same thing. We're going to recap a little bit, but my heart's desire. And as we do this is that you find grit in your life, in your spiritual life to no matter what, keep the faith keep running the race. No matter what, no matter what happens, no matter if the most devastating thing is upon you in your life that you keep the faith. But then also having grit at work because our body and our life is an example. So that should be a prime example. If Christ dwells within me, I should give my best in all areas. And so having grit in your life, having grit in your marriage, having it in your friendships, all the above. And I think as we dig into this and we, and we dig through this, um, as we keep going in it, I don't know how long it'll be. It'll be a few, probably a month or so. I don't know. We'll see where it goes. But we're going to dig into the characteristics. And I want, as, as that happens, start applying them. I think too many times, if I'm going to just be totally honest, too many times we all come to church and we hear a good word, but we struggle to apply the word. I think if we can start applying it fully, for real, you'll see a huge difference. You'll see it in the, in the atmosphere, in the room. You'll see it in your life at home. You as yourself should be rocking your block with the glory of God. Everybody in your neighborhood on your block should know who you are and what you stand for. That's the truth. And you know what that is? That's getting outside of your house. I mean, the way culture is anymore now is that you can just roll up in your garage and shut it and go inside and do what you do and then get back in your garage, open the garage door and go, and you ain't have to communicate with nobody. But if you take the time to go outside of yourself, sometimes when we give away food and I have extra, I, I purposely will take it to neighbors around me. Just wanted to bless you today. Well, what's this for? No reason at all, just to bless you. But it takes grit because you've got to get outside of yourself. That's not, my, that's not my personality. I've heard that a lot of times. Man, I'm telling you right now, serving Christ and saying Jesus is Lord of your life, it changes your personality. It causes you to see the need. It, it, it causes you to be awakened for what breaks the Lord's heart and helping. And you, you start doing stuff. Listen, a prime example, high school, I dropped out of speech class. Because I did not think I could talk in front of people. I did not think I could. I was, I was so insecure with myself that I literally dropped out, went to the counselor's office and said, I can't do this anymore. And dropped out and went down a weird path. But God still had plans for me. 
And so I'm just telling you, God can change all of that. He will give you the grit to, and the determination to keep moving forward. I'm going to have Pastor Josh open this up today. And uh, kind of, I want to start it with a video. And then he can just talk about it a little more. Just to kind of give you an idea. Basic SEAL training is six months of long, torturous runs in the soft sand, midnight swims in the cold water off San Diego, obstacle courses, unending calisthenics, days without sleep, and always being cold, wet, and miserable. It is six months of being constantly harassed by professionally trained warriors who seek to find the weak of mind and body and eliminate them from ever becoming a Navy SEAL. But the training also seeks to find those students who can lead in an environment of constant stress, chaos, failure, and hardships. Over a few weeks of difficult training, my SEAL class, which started with 150 men, was down to just 42. SEAL training, there's a bell, a brass bell that hangs in the center of the compound for all the students to see. All you have to do to quit, all you have to do to quit is ring the bell. Ring the bell and you no longer have to wake up at five o'clock. Ring the bell and you no longer have to be in the freezing cold swims. Ring the bell and you no longer have to do the runs, the obstacle course, the PT, and you no longer have to endure the hardships of training. All you have to do is ring the bell to get out. If you want to change the world, don't ever, ever ring the bell. So powerful. Um, last week we started talking about grit. Anybody in this room got grit? Are you lying to me or telling me the truth? Because there's a scripture in James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. Let me just recap just a little bit. Throw that up there for me, if you would. In the Passion Translation, it says, My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, I love this. I, man, I started digging in this this week, and I had to stop right here. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. It is literally the stirring up of the Holy Spirit within you that exudes power to be able to conquer and endure difficult times. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our life every single day to endure what the enemy tries to throw at us and even what this world tries to throw at us. But thanks be to God that gives us the power to walk through these storms. And here's the great thing. We don't walk through them alone. He walks through them with us and we have people around us that walk through them with us. We don't have to do this by ourselves. We have a God that loves us. And I was thinking about this I was thinking about this so hard, thinking about people ringing the bell and thinking about these seals. They say that 75% of the class drop out. 
75%. And I started thinking about the statistic that I gave last week that 1,500 men walk away from the ministry every month. Think about that. What if 75% of Christians just started ringing the bell and walking away? Where would we be? Where would the next generation be? What if as a youth pastor, I just got over it and started ringing the bell? What if as a pastor, lead pastor, you just got over it and started ringing the bell and saying, I'm done? How many people would drop off? Because sometimes we're so focused on who's leading us as men that we follow them more than we follow the one who created us. Right? And so, listen, I, I can remember days, I don't know if any of you know who Jimmy Swaggart is. Jimmy Swaggart was a pastor way back in the day that my grandma used to watch. And when he fell, I watched many Christians fell. And that's because we got our eyes on men instead of the Father who created us. And so what happens is, is when we, when we begin to follow men and we see them do this, then it causes something in us as we're following them to do this as well. And we back out and we walk away. You were never created to follow a man. As a matter of fact, Paul says something that's so powerful to me. He says, follow me as I follow Christ. He, what he's saying is, is, don't you dare follow me if I'm not following him because I'm not going to be the example that you need. I'm not going to live the way you need me to live. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you follow me when I'm not following him, it's the blind leading the blind. And the scary part, you good? Oh, go ahead. The scary part of this is this, is that we got a lot of people in the church following blind people. I don't need you to follow me if I'm not following him. I need you to follow me if I'm following Christ. That's a big deal. Last week we talked about the Navy SEALs, how they're one of the uh, major elite forces in this world. They train, they go through a, a thing called Hell Week where they only get four hours of sleep the whole week long. Think about that. Some of you would not make it on four hours of sleep for the whole week because y'all need your beauty sleep way too much, right? We don't even know how to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning when the stirring of the Holy Spirit is on us because we're too busy trying to sleep it off rather than pray it off. Oh, I'm preaching way better than y'all talking to me. Listen. The reality is this, is that at 3 o'clock in the morning when he's trying to wake us up, we're doing this. Ringing out, actually, tag team, tag in, you're it. I'm tagging out because he's been waking me up at 4 o'clock in the morning. I don't want to wake up that early. But what he's trying to do is stir something up in you. He's trying to prepare you for something that's coming. You can't sleep when war's going on. They train them to stay awake through the tough times, through the difficult times, through the chaotic times. What God's trying to do with his church is he's trying to wake us up. If you remember right, when Jesus went to the garden, remember he had to redeem the garden first because a garden was forfeited. He goes into that garden and he prays and he tells his disciples before he goes in, just pray. Sit right here and pray, I'm going in. And he goes in and he begins to pray and he comes back and he finds his disciples sleeping. He said, could you not? Just stay awake for an hour? That's what he heard. Jesus was in the garden and he's hearing this. Well, there went Peter. There went John. There went James. And he comes out and he says, could you not just pray for an hour? Could you not? People are ringing the bell. Here's the crazy part, and I thought about this more even this week. 
If you saw in that video, there's the bell and then there's a row of helmets laying right there. What's crazy is that when we ring the bell, we are choosing to take off the helmet of salvation and walk away from God. Do you know that there's nothing that can separate you from his love? Not even you setting your helmet down. That's the beautiful part of redemption is that even, even when we set it down, if we just call on his name, he puts it back on. And he helps us walk again. It doesn't matter how many times you've rang the bell. He rang the bell on Calvary, and it was a different kind of ringing. It was the ringing of freedom that says no matter if you ring out, I'm still ringing over you a freedom that if you'll just call on my name, I'll put that helmet back on your life. Woo! Anybody glad about that in this room? I'm glad. We're going to dig into something a little further that as I began to study a little bit more, I was talking to Pastor Brandon about it, and he's like, man, we need to... We need to get into that. There's something else that the Navy SEALs live by, and that is this, that no man is left behind. No man is left behind. And can I just be raw with you for a minute? I've been in ministry now for 24 years, and I've seen some pretty crazy stuff. I've seen pastor friends of mine that have fallen, and I watched a denomination rip their credentials and leave them out to die. And can I be raw with you? I think the church needs to be more like the Navy SEALs, and we need to have each other's backs. And when somebody stumbles and falls, we're not pointing the finger of condemnation, but we're picking them up out of the dirt, and we're helping them walk again. We're helping them live again. We're helping them breathe again. I can tell you a story about my uncle that got hurt by the church, and all of a sudden, the bell rang. Because he set his helmet down and he said, I will never walk back there again. That is the same man that watched me walk four miles to walk into the church that he was help pastoring and give my life to Christ. And I saw that man ring the bell because of dirty church people. And I love you, but I'm here to tell you that hurting people hurt people. And I watched my uncle go through hell. And I watched him ring the bell. That man looked at me, what, a year later and looked at my wife and said, I wish I would have never brought you into this thing. And all I can do as a man of God is look at him and say, no, you don't understand. When I was in the dirt, you picked me up and brought me out of this thing. You might be going through hell now, but let me get under you because you're struggling. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they're mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. See, when people ring the bell, you just got to become mighty in God and begin to pull down the strongholds on their life. You don't need to leave them. You don't need to walk away from them. You need to pick them up and support them. Can I ask a question? Is there anybody in this room that said, man, I'm struggling this morning? Be honest. Be raw. See, you came on the right day for the right reason and for the right purpose. Because I promise you there's going to be some people that are going to get up under you today and pick you up where you've been falling. Even though you might have rang that bell, the helmet of salvation is going to be put back on your head today. My, my, my. There's power in a unified front. The Navy SEALs are a unified front that operate in the same mindset. Look at Acts chapter 2. 
verse 44 through 47. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those were being saved. The reality of this whole picture is is that the church has to get back to the place where we're not about ourselves, but we are about our brothers and sisters that might have fallen, that are going through things, and that are hurting. I get it that there's people out in this world that we need to reach, but I think it's time that the church starts looking at inside the walls and seeing broken people that have been ringing the bell and setting their helmets down, and we got to start picking them back up. And I'm not saying that we don't keep looking outside and helping those that are hurting. I think that's important, but at the same time I got to look in this room and see the broken people sitting in this house. I have to. The early church understood the power of unity and working together. They took care of one another. We have to take care of one another. One of the things that I love about the Navy SEALs is that one of, when one of their brothers is struggling, they pick him up and they start helping him over the wall. They start helping him through the obstacles. They cheer him on. As a matter of fact, when he's feeling like he wants to ring that bell, they're yelling, no! Don't do it! Stay in! We need you! I'm here to yell to you this morning. Don't ring the bell! We need you! We need each other! It's not worth it. There's nothing on the other side. There's nothing on the other side for you. I've lived on the other side and almost died and went to hell. I was ringing the bell daily, but then the church began to pick me up. Jesus began to pick me up. I need people around me that are going to encourage me every day. And when I'm down in the dirt and when I feel like I can't get up, I need somebody to come along and just pick me up off the ground. Take off your religious crap. Take it off. I wasn't even going to talk about this, man, but I feel it. There was a man walking down the road that got robbed by robbers and beat to death. And, and here's the crazy part. Men began to walk by him. One of them was a Levite. He was a carrier of the presence of God that had the opportunity to, to speak to that man and help that man. And the Bible says that he walked way around him on the other side. Then a priest came along, and a priest had the opportunity to minister to that man. But instead of getting down in the dirt with him, he just kept that religious garb on him and didn't want to get in the dirt. He walked around the other side and left him, but a Samaritan came along. A Samaritan that's not even supposed to have fellowship with this Jewish man. And he got down in the dirt with him and he began to clean him up and, and bandage him up and then he took him to an inn and he put him in there and he paid for everything and he told the innkeeper I'll be back later so anything that's incurred by him don't worry I'm going to pay for it when I come walking back in. Can I just find some people that are willing to get in the dirt and begin to take 
care of people in the house of God that are broken and hurting and stop leaving them in the dirt. Stop judging them just because they put their helmet down and rang the bell. I need four people like the four men that my spiritual son Sam preached about a couple weeks ago. I need four people that are going to see their brother lying on the ground and paralyzed and pick him up on a mat and start carrying him and do whatever it takes to get him to the feet of Jesus. Why do we walk by people every day, including in this house, that are broken and hurting and we have no urgency in our heart to get them to his feet. Why? I'm bothered by that. I don't know if you are. I'm bothered by that. Why aren't we picking them up and carrying them to this altar where he will meet them and heal them? Why aren't we carrying the presence of God to them so that he can meet with them? Anybody broken? Anybody broken? I need four people. Come on. I need four people. I, I just feel stirred about this. You good? I need four people. Whew. I got five. That's even better. You two stand side by side. You two stand by side. I need you to lay right there on the floor. Lay down flat. Lay down flat. Whew. One at each foot, one at each arm. Whew. Here's the thing. Say this guy's a Navy SEAL and your SEAL's around him. They would not leave him by himself. They will always go back in, even when the battle is hot and heavy. They will always go back in and make sure that the wounded is always taken out with them. God has commanded us as the church to make sure our wounded are always brought back to the feet of Jesus. We have left people. We have walked away from people. And we just said, well, God's separating us. Man, I'm tired of that stupid nonsense. You were called to bring people back to the feet of Jesus. I want to say something to that. I'm going to get raw right in here. Do you know how many times people passed this young man right here while he was sitting in that chair by himself today? And I went up and held him. He gave his heart to the Lord last Sunday. You don't know what this man's been through. This man that's laying there right there, you have no idea what he's been through. And my heart was so heavy when I was standing back there because I watched some went up to him and talked to him but some passed him by and I thought to myself we have to discern because we're so selfish in this hour I got to make sure I get my right seat or, or I got to go sit with my I'm just going to get raw I got to go sit with my friend look around look around at the ones that are hurting look around it nobody knows and will get raw right here courtney just lost his grandmother at three o'clock this morning hello and he had grit he came on in he's going to be the one that's going to try to pick him up he'll he could pick him up by himself if he needed to 
But I'm saying, see, you don't even know really the rawness of what's really happening right here at this altar. And we have to discern, you know, it might have been just, okay, we're going to do this. But no, this is really being done. So when you really pick him up, Sheila, when you really pick him up, Sharon, Rebecca, when you really pick him up, Haley, when you really pick him up, you have no idea what this man's been through. But if you'd spent time, you would know what he's been through. And I think that's the rawness of being in the church and being the church. And knowing what, what are you picking? You don't even know what you're picking up. You're just picking him up. Know what you're picking up. That man put them healed, brought healing, put band-aids on the wounds, took him to an inn. He got to know him. And see, sometimes we can pick them up, but if we don't get to know them, we don't even know why we're picking them up. That's right. It's true. Put up 1 Corinthians for me real quick. Just stay right there, man, okay? So now we see that there are many different parts and functions, but one body. It would be wrong for the eye to say to the hand, I don't need you. And equally wrong if the head said to the foot, I don't need you. In fact, the weaker our parts, the more vital and essential they are. Let me, let me stop right there. Go back to that verse. In fact, the weaker our parts, the more vital and essential they are. Right. He is talking about us as individuals right. being a part of one body. Right. I need to speak to the ones in this room that feel like they're weak. Right. You are a vital... Part. You are a vital key to the functionality of the church in the kingdom of God. You might not feel it because you don't feel good enough. You don't feel worthy enough. You don't feel like you're, you add up. But the big picture here is you do. Well, I don't feel like I add up, Sharon, because I rang the bell and I set my helmet down. But see, this is where the one body comes together because when one piece of the body is weak, the stronger part of the body begins to uplift them. Yes. Woo! We, be, we have to uplift one each other. The weaker our parts, the more vital and essential they are. Go to the next verse. The body parts we think are less honorable, we treat with greater respect. I just want you to know, if you feel like you're a weak person in here, a weaker part of the body, I need you to understand that I honor and respect you. That's right. Because you still show up to this place even That's though right. you don't feel worth it. That's right. I honor you and I respect you and I uplift you through the word of the Lord this morning because I don't think you understand who you really are. And I want you to look through the mirror of Jesus today and understand that he created you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. He created you for a divine purpose and that is to help build the kingdom. Maybe you feel insignificant and like you, you don't add up and like your part in the body isn't big enough. But I need you to understand that your part's vital. There are weaker seals on the seal team, but they're still a vital part of the team. I don't care if you only have one gift. That one gift is vital to the kingdom. And you're not weak. You're really strong. Watch this. And the body parts that need to be covered in public, we treat with propriety and clothe them. Keep going. 
But some of our body parts don't require as much attention. Instead, God has mingled the body parts together, giving greater honor to the lesser members who lacked it. Whew. Keep going. Jesus. Is there more? Oh, you did it? Thank you. I'm lost in that last verse. He has done this intentionally so that every member would look after the others with mutual concern. Come on. As a SEAL team, they always look after each other. There is really no man left behind. If they get wounded, whatever the case may be, they got each other's backs all the time. And if you can see some of the training they do, they stick to each other like a glove. And they never leave anybody out. And they never leave one person running by themselves. Isn't it intriguing that when Jesus sent the 72 out, he sent them out two by two. They were never by themselves. That way, if something happened where they got wounded, they had a brother there to pick them up and keep going in the ministry. And I think it's high time that people in the church start moving out two by two and we start working together and lifting each other up and taking care of business. Whew. They have mutual concern and so that there will be no division in the body. Keep going. In that way, whatever happens to one member happens to all. If one suffers, everyone suffers. If one is honored, everyone rejoices. Do you feel the suffering of your brother and sister? Because if you don't, then you have disconnected yourself from the team. You've disconnected yourself. Because I should be able to feel the pain of my family. I should be able to feel the pain of my team and the suffering and the struggling of my team. <laughs> I should be able to walk into this room and look on your face and see that you are struggling today. And I should have discernment enough to walk up to you and begin to speak the word of the Lord over you. And begin to talk to you about how powerful you are in God. And how needed you are in the body, even though you don't feel good enough and even though you don't feel strong enough. Maybe you failed this week and you rung the bell a couple times, but beautiful thing is, is his mercy is new every morning and new every day. I have every opportunity every day to keep the helmet on and not ring the bell. I have to become a brother that is concerned about you. And can I just be honest with you? My heart is for every one of you sitting in this room right now. I've been laboring in pain and in prayer, just crying out to God. I'm telling you, I thought about this this morning when I got in here, that I've had pains in my body, that I've never had pains in them places before. And I began to sit in here and pray when I got in here by myself, and God says, I'm showing you the parts of the body that are hurting. There are parts in the body here this morning that are hurting and broken. And can I just be real with you? I think some of them are already sitting up here in this altar. But I think there's more out there. When you suffer, I want to suffer with you, but I want to pray with you, and I want to lead you to the feet of Jesus. But when something powerful and amazing happens to you, I better be right beside you rejoicing for you just as well. There, there's an ache that happens in your heart for prayer. It's a, there's an ache that when 
you feel that suffering for somebody, that doesn't mean that you're going to suffer. That means you're going to have this ache in your heart with somebody so you can put that in prayer and that you go before the Lord. And what aches God, Pastor Brandon said it earlier, you know what aches God aches, should ache us. Do you see what I'm saying? And sometimes we try to go rescue when we don't feel that ache yet. Come on. It's, it's really a time of discernment. And I want to just read this real quick because this goes with this. Rescue operation. Souls tra trapped victims. Rescue means to deliver, redeem, ransom, reclaim from danger. That means if somebody's in danger, are you going to go step over the line and going to go rescue them or not? Well, I don't really do that, you know. I mean, I just, I'm doing good just by sitting here. Then you're still, just being honest, then you're still selfish. You're still trapped in your own self because when we step out to rescue, save means to set free from confinement or danger or harm by prompt, vigorous action. Set free from, with prompt, vigorous action. See, what, them words don't even come in our language a lot. Prompt, vigorous action. We don't even have, well, I better go to the grocery store. And then you go and you come back and you go, man, and you didn't even look over. You didn't even look at anybody. You didn't, I, I have to go get my groceries. I didn't really want to go. That's not prompt. That's not vigor. And that's not action. And we have to have a mindset to have vigor and action and prompting. Not just going, I'm going to rescue you. I'm going to tear, tear your door. Tony, I'll promise you, you try to set that thing and ring that bell, I'm going to go tear your door in. I love you that much. I don't even know you that well. But I know what God has. And you're starting to learn what God has for you. You know what I'm saying? And so we have to have that prompting. We have to have that communication. How would I know sometimes if, you're, if your leg was really hurting? I'm talking about spiritually. If something was going on in your body, how would I know if I didn't communicate with you, Canaan? You know, there's a communication to know and to rescue. And there's times that there's a prompting. All of a sudden, Daniel will text me and say, Man, Mom, you're on my heart. Man, I'm really praying for you. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. You know what I'm saying? And so there's this prompting that we, we rescue somebody. And sometimes you don't feel like you've been rescued. And so you've been, you get depressed. You go, well, no, nobody talked to me today. I'll just ring that bell. When maybe you're supposed to go out and talk to somebody else. And maybe that will be the thing that's going to set you free. Pain turns into victory. And if I have pain, I want somebody to come along and grab up my arm. It doesn't matter if I'm sitting up here or I'm sitting back there. We're just human people trying to go through this life. And we're just passing through. But you got, you got to have a prompting. you got to have an action. To sit and get that man up off that floor. You know what I mean? It's powerful. There's a couple things I took away from the scripture I just read to you. One is we are one body. Many parts, but one body. So we need to learn to function as one. That's one of the things in the training of the SEALs. They teach them to function as one unit. And they know what the other one is doing and what the other one is thinking. 
We can know what the other one is doing and what the other one is thinking because we have the Holy Spirit to lead us in that. Jesus constantly knew what the disciples were thinking and doing. Watch this. Second, we need each other. Anybody needed somebody from the house of God sometime this week that would just say, man, I needed somebody. I needed somebody to reach out to me. I needed somebody from the house just to call me, text me, something. I needed something. We need each other. We have to be there for each other. The third thing, there's no competition. I don't have to compete with you. I don't. God made me who I am, and I'm going to be who I am. And I ain't going to try to take on your calling so that I can be like you and compete with you so that everybody will like me better. I don't have to do that. What's crazy about that is, is in SEALs, they have a leader. And I'll, I'll just go off on my favorite show, SEAL Team. They have Bravo 1. Bravo 1 is the leader. Then they have Bravo 2, Bravo 3, Bravo 4, Bravo 5, and Bravo 6. Can I just tell you that Bravo 6 is content with his position? We need to learn to become content with our position in the house. Because we got too many people trying to grab a microphone that should never grab a microphone. They just need to be content having a microphone come out their mouth when they're greeting at the door. Oh, you better hear me. Stop trying to jockey for somebody else's position that's not yours to take. Well, that's why there's, there's not been no unity within the city because that's of it. churches. Pastor, just saying, because people think, oh, my goodness, you're going to take my sheep. Or, oh, my goodness, you're going to take. And when in reality, it's the kingdom of God. It's not their sheep anyway. It's not their sheep. That's the big picture. It is. I mean, let's say this. If, if the scripture says we are one body then we need to just cut out our denominations and become one body. Right? I don't care if you don't believe in speaking in tongues. I do, but we can still be one body unified for the one purpose, and that is making Jesus famous in the earth and going out and helping broken people. I need you all to get around this man. And, and here's the crazy thing that I know that some of these people that came up here to help are hurting themselves. Not just, not just spiritually maybe, but physically. I know. My wife just had surgery and she's standing up here and she's barely walking still. And she's up here. I know Sharon got some things going on. I don't know about all the rest of you. I know you do. But the thing is, is even though I might hurt, there's somebody more broken than me that needs the gospel coming out of me. To help him get up off the ground. I need you to grab his arms and grab his feet. You don't have to carry the whole load. No, you don't. You have other people that can help you. Hey. Woo! Now I need you to walk around this sanctuary for a minute. This is what the church should look like. This is what the church should look like. Are we desperate to pick up the broken people and bring them to the feet of Jesus? Are we desperate enough? Are we passionate enough? Are we hungry enough to see the lost come home? U.S. Forces SEALs Team 6 conducted a hostage rescue operation during the early hours of October 31st where an American citizen would, was held hostage. They took the enemy out, took the enemy out, and got him free and safe. They went into a hostage situation. My God.
They kicked the door in, took the enemy out, and rescued them. Are you ready to step into a hostage situation? See, take the enemy out and grab them and save them from all the things that's happened. See, sometimes we don't, we don't even want to go into a responsibility like the three men and the priest didn't want to take a responsibility to take that man in. They didn't want to take a responsibility. But the Samaritan took the responsibility. Are we ready to take a responsibility, kick the door in, take the enemy out, and rescue in a hostage situation? Some of you are in a hostage situation. Some of you are locked up in your situations. My God. You are locked up in a hostage situation, locked up in your mind, and you feel like you can't get out. God's getting ready to kick that door in, take the enemy out, and rescue you today. If it's not led by the Spirit of God, Isaiah 61 said, He anointed me to heal the sick. To cast out demons. You have to be anointed to kick the door in. Kick it out. Kick the enemy out. Come here, baby. I, oh. I love you so much. I mean that. The shame, by the way. He's been through a lot of stuff. But see, you know what's funny? Is God just wiped his feet off and put new shoes and put a ring on his finger and put, put a cloak on him and he just set him up in this chair. It's good. I think it's time to start when you hear the bell ring to start responding. Blake's not in here. Ah! Why are you ringing the bell? But how prophetic is that? Ah! Don't ring the bell! And then they leave. What are you going to do about it? Sorry. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? They put their head down and walk away. What are you going to do about it? You're going to lift them up. Absolutely. You've got to go lift them up. You've got to ring that bell. You hear that bell ring. You, it should cringe you. No! And if you see him on the path to ringing the bell, do something. Grab an arm. Don't do it. Don't do it. He told two different stories here. The Samaritan that's what was the Samaritan's name? Oh, the Samaritan. But yet, in today's culture, that's all we know. Hey, breaking news, there was a good Samaritan that did da 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 and a good Samaritan that blah, 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 and a good Samaritan. <laughs> because of a Samaritan stooped down to help somebody that was beaten. Stopped in the moment. In the moment. When a, when a Levi that literally carries the Ark of the Covenant, that kind of person, because nobody else can, and a priest that goes before the Lord, 
that, that talks to the people so they can offer their sins to them, the priest. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. And the priest will go behind the veil, make a sacrifice on their behalf, breaks. Jesus died so you don't have to go through all the process. Just go straight to him. Just go ahead and get that clear real quick. They're so preoccupied with what they're doing, they miss the opportunity. Too many times I've said it and I've seen it. Oh, we're going to have a prayer gathering. I'm all about it. Let's pray. But please don't be down in, in a spot outside having a prayer gathering about God using you when there's broken people just down the street on the corner. You, you have your prayer gathering. I'm going to go ahead and be doing it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And the Samaritan, it wasn't even supposed to happen. What happened with Jesus at the, with the woman at the well? She was a Samaritan. She's like, don't you know who I am? He's like, yeah, I know that. So if you don't know who a Samaritan is, let's just say a black man married a white woman and had a mixed baby. That's not allowed. Kenzie, I'm sorry. Shiloh, they wouldn't have been allowed. They'd have been casted out. My sister's got the most beautiful mixed babies I've ever seen. I love them. But, but see, here's the thing. That's, that was a Samaritan. They, they, they intermingled with the different cultures and race, and they, they were not. You're supposed to be all Jew, and you're, or you're supposed to be all this. So for a Samaritan that has been an outcast in their own little village to come up next to somebody that was not a Samaritan, and stoop down and pick him up was a huge thing. I'm telling you right now, something's got to give. Something's got to give in a lot of areas. We see it so rampant anymore. I'll just be, can I just say it? I'm tired of racism. Tired of it. Tired of profiling. Tired of it. You don't know. You don't know what somebody's been through. You can't profile somebody just because of their skin tone. Or if they got tattoos or don't got tattoos. You don't know who they are. Well, racial, racial religion. It's been going on it's for a long time. Ishmael and Isaac. It goes way it, back. Absolutely. It's just not about a color. It's about, it's even racial spiritually. Yeah. You know, that you can't be here or we're in this denomination or we're, that's all needs to crumble that all needs to fall that's been ancient for a long time yeah there there's so many battles out there that are that are just that they're ringing the bell and people don't even realize it you know how many times i've had people at the front door come in and their first question is how i might baptize somebody or the next question's somebody wears a certain thing or whatever the case is and i'm like i am so Dang tired of that dang bell. Can't you get past all that? Everything's about who Jesus Christ is. Oh, and then I, I guess I'm leading everybody astray because I don't read just King James Version. I, I, I had that face-to-face -face that I, I'm leading people to hell. Right in my face, like literally right there. And it's just like a bell just gets rang, and you're like, you are so trapped. It's unreal. I don't, and it's nothing against King James. I love the King James, but it's not even about that. It was the religious mindset that, like, come on. Yeah, and that was translated by scholars, which is fine. We're trying our best. 
I'm going to get in the Word, and I'm going to try my best to decipher the best that I can with His help. I'm telling you right now, you cannot let the, the bell ring. You shouldn't accept that. You, you, on the other side, you shouldn't accept that somebody's ringing it. You heard that statement, oh, man, he got his bell rang. Ooh. Watch a fight or a boxing match. Oh, he got his bell rang. But too many times we spectate the bell ringing. Too many times the people in our lives, we've spectated it too many times. Like, yep, yep. Oh, I knew, I knew something was up with him. Yep, yeah. Something was kind of weird with him. You know, you see somebody fall or you see something happen in a church. That, yep, I knew something was wrong. And then they leave him out to hang. That's not what God's desired. He never did. It's time to get some grit. We're going to learn about all this stuff. All this stuff, for real. The characteristics. I'm telling you, you do not want to miss a week. And if we're the body, what's great about it, like he said, is like if you're really weak in one area, thank God for the stronger leg to balance you off. And what's hard sometimes is that stronger that strong leg has to back off a little bit so the other one can get stronger again. <laughs> you can almost rely on it too much, but we're thankful for it. But if we're the body, but please listen. Don't, like he said, no matter what position you are, don't be afraid about it. Man, I'm just the toe of the body. I'm all toed up. <laughs> but do you realize that a toe has to be there? Try walking without toes. And please, any teenager, young adult, try do stuff without your thumbs. Like every part's vital. Every part of the body is vital. And if something's going on with it, then we have to figure it out. And you have to be in prayer about that. How do you adjust that? How do you let it heal? Like, for instance, this happened this is a while back. I had something going on and I put a bandage over it. And if I kept on just messing with it, trying to heal it and messing with it and messing with it, I'm going to make it worse. Because they say sometimes you just got to take the bandage off and let the air and let it dry out. And so there's a balance in how you help people. Because you can be overbearing and over bandaging, 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 blah, blah, blah. And you have to learn... Like with discernment, like you talked about, we talked about this discernment thing and learned that where's the balance in that? It's a crazy walk. And I think the way you learn discernment is the more you get in the Word of God, the more you spend time in His presence, the more you communicate with Him that He will give you that discernment. Can I ask a question? Yeah. <laughs> Just sitting there, my heart's pounding. And I want to ask this question if you are a hostage, if you're in a hostage situation, if you feel like that you're stuck somewhere, won't you raise your hand? Come on, look around. Be, be honest. Be honest. Because, yep. and then now, are you going to go? Why isn't somebody running toward them? That's where I'm heading because I was going to do the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Let's go. I want, you to, I want you to grab that hand, that person. Look around right here. Right here. Look around. Come on. Be honest. Powerful. 
See, what, what happens, Mom, is, you know, we deal with this, like, you make that statement, and then we have this moment that stirs up in us. And then we have to fight our flesh, thinking, well, they're going to look at me. Or, you know, wonder what they're going to think. Or, See, at the point of being held hostage or something, it doesn't matter. You need out. You want freed. So it doesn't matter who's looking or what. It don't matter if I'm dignified or undignified. I'm going to get free. That's, that's where that, that determination is. And when you have that, it doesn't matter. And that's what I love. Of, I'm just saying, I, that's what I love about Remnant Church is it doesn't matter what, what you're going through and stuff. We want to help you. Do we get it all right? Do I? I, I fail too many times. I got to keep getting up myself and keep trying to help. I don't get it right all the time. But I'm telling you right now, don't ring the bell. Don't put that helmet down. That helmet is needed. It secures your mind. It says that when your faith is tested, it stirs up endurance. What overrides the endurance, though? What, if it's being stirred up, what overrides that, that our flesh takes over and we don't do nothing about what, he, what it says? That we literally talk ourselves out of freedom. When we have faith being te- we literally talk ourselves out of it. To be free. I want to be free. And, and it's not like this, the moment of stepping forward is a great moment because it is an act of faith. That's where freedom starts. But it's a mindset of not going to the bell and ringing it. I'm just, oh, that's just what it is. Or how about the lie of the enemy? Last one, mom. Lie of the enemy. I've already fallen. Might as well keep doing what I'm doing. I'm already in the mess. Might as well just stay there. It's just the way it is. That's the biggest lie of it all. You're a threat to the enemy. He knows if you could get it together and get some grit about yourself, you're going to cause some damage. You're going to help rob hell. Because I need to. Because, you know, when somebody picks you up, you got to remember that there's still more people in there. Eventually, you got to get strong enough so you can get back in the fight. We've said it too many times. Light only makes a difference in the darkness. And most of the time we hide in the darkness is because we feel ashamed and guilty and upset and this and that and we can't get free. So we just sit in the shadows. But what God wants to do is bring it to the light and expose it, which is a good healing because he's the great physician. He knows best. He knows what needs to be cut in between and bone and marrow and all this and that. He knows the, the, the things of our hearts. So if he knows that, then let him do what he does best in the operation. Yeah. Are you the kid that gets frustrated when the, the bell rings in operation because you touched the wall? Oh, I'm done with this game. See, this is the real deal. It's not a game. Don't ring the bell. Let him lay still so he can do what he needs to do in your life. Go ahead. What I was going to say is, if these are the ones that have been in hostage, then are you the warriors? Hello? If these are the ones that have come up and they've been trapped, are you the warriors? Are you the one that's going to come up and support them behind them in this whole situation just like what the body was, just like what he was talking about? 
Are we going to be a front to stand and support, get behind their backs and support them? And when you are weak, Sheila, he is strong in you. You are enough. You're more than a conqueror. We kick the door in. We check the enemy out. And we rescue you. Come on, if you need to come up and support some of these, I want you to come up. I want you to come up and support some of these. If, you, if you're sitting there, then you must be a warrior. You're the stronger link. 